So obviously we're we're here to discuss um, the new terror record, um, Pain into Power, um, it, which comes out um, on Friday, six um, of May. Um, interested to obviously learn your thoughts on um, on the record and what people can ins- can expect um, can expect when they obviously um, when they listen to it when it's out on Friday. Well, it's kind of uh, extra exciting because this record's been done since uh, last July. So okay. I'm, I'm sure every, every band's in the same issue where they had some, not every band, but a lot of bands are in the same uh, situation where you had music done, but there was no shows. So you kind of waited to put it out. And then once you wanted to put it out, the pressing plants were so backed up and... Um, yeah, so here we are. So it's pretty exciting because for me, um, you know, we had this thing finished not quite a year ago, but about nine or ten months ago. Um, so sitting on it that long kind of sucks a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, to be you know, I'm a I'm a humble guy. I don't go around listening to, or talking about terror all the time. But I think this record's kind of elevated to a little bit of a new level with the intensity and brutality and speed and curiosity. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. I think people are really, really going to like it. And, um, you know, a lot of hardcore bands right now are being a little more on the experimental side where they're kind of going away from just the straight-up hardcore sound. And I think this thing's just 100% right down the middle hardcore that's kind of i'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, that was I, would, I did want to ask about that the level of intensity on the record because i mean i've been able to listen to it um and i'm basically i've had it on the, as i've been walking to work of the morning listening to it to obviously get prepared and why that was the thing that really did did catch me it's it's a bit like um I compare it to kind of like a um, a hundred meter sprint because there's no that there it's literally start gun and, and go. Um, I kind of got a very it it what it reminded me of not to kind of pigeonhole the entire record was it reminded me of the faster songs off lowest of the low something like keep your distance as an example crossed with pre-setted off mad ball releases when when they had Vinny on guitar and roger on bass where it was just straight short sharp not much of a um you know there's build up there but as soon as that build up's gone it's just straight at it um which is like like you said it's really elevated that intensity level um of, of a terror record when you were obviously when the, when the album was being put together and composed was that was that pre-planned that that's where you wanted to go with it or was just or was it just a natural the way the songs naturally came together uh it was definitely pre-planned and it was uh the person who produced this record's Todd Jones who was our original guitar player when the band started yeah and he did the, the first couple records with us and touring and then he left he left the band um, he now does nails, yep. which you can kind of hear that same intensity in the music. So he definitely came when, you know, when we asked him to produce this and he agreed, he kind of came with the plan of, of kind of what you just described, a sprint, nothing letting up, keeping the songs really short 
and uh, from the minute you start the record till it ends, it doesn't let up at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was the plan. It does let up in a few places, but very, very little. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like what you said, comparing it to Low So Low, that makes sense because Todd wrote that record. Um, and comparing it to Madball Set It Off is the ultimate compliment. So I, I think we achieved what we were looking to do. Um, I know really fast hardcore isn't really uh, popular right now, but I think it's going to land because this thing it just hits so hard. I think uh, people need this. Yeah. I think with it, obviously, where it is extremely fast, I think what I'm still hearing, I'm still hearing the groove element that Terror is such is, is so good good at doing because you've still got areas of the record. I mean, the first track's a perfect example, um, Pain to Power. When, the, um, when that breakdown kicks in, that, that, that's, that's nasty. You know, that has still got that really vicious um, element to it that um, I imagine is going to cause all kinds of havoc when these songs are being performed live on a, on a regular basis. Um, you mentioned Todd was involved in, in this record, because am I right in thinking Todd was also involved in the... Um, in the set of re-recorded tracks that was released last year as well. Yeah, I mean, just just from doing some other interviews, it, it, uh, the way it looks is we did that that record called "Trapped in a World yeah. with Todd," and then decided to get him to produce this. But it, it's it's kind of the opposite. Okay, we asked him to produce the record, and we started working on it. And then in the middle of that process, we just went in for a weekend and ripped that trapped in a world record out so you know a, a lot of time over the pandemic todd was free a lot of us were in los angeles and we just spent a lot of time working on stuff the record the, the new record painting the power was obviously the focus and the yeah. main goal and then just the the fact that nick has a studio and we all had free time and we were all having you know such a positive good vibe in the studios we just ripped that trap trap in a world record out but but obviously that but so but the focus was getting um, getting pain into power um, ready for release. Um, with you saying it was um, it's been ready for about a year. What was the total timeline for the actual songwriting from when you when you started um, and you, obviously you were in, you were involved. You knew the kind of like the area in which you wanted it to go and you and how you wanted it to sound. Did the right how what was the actual time frame on actually getting the um, the full thing written prior to starting recording? You know, I'm going to say, like, almost a year. Okay. But that that sounds like it took a long time. We were just getting together with Todd, uh, Martine, and Nick, and myself, because we were the four that were in L.A. Yeah. Every other weekend, like, every other Sunday. So we were only getting together once a week, and then Jordan and Chris, our guitarist and bass player, they were kind of stuck on the other you know jordan lives in canada and chris lives in maine so they were just like sending riffs and and doing stuff that bands do now like writing stuff with a fake drummer yeah. and giving us ideas and giving their input but we were only getting together with todd once every other week so twice a month it's just because there was no rush there yeah. was you know a lot of times we're touring and we got this to do and deadlines this was just so free and open that it was just like uh you know sometimes we'd get together and write a whole song sometimes we'd write two 
sometimes two weeks in a row, we just didn't have anything, but there was like no pressure. So it took a long time, but it took a long time when you look at it calendar and week wise. Yeah. But the actual time we spent on it was not a ton, you know? Yeah. With you obviously normally touring quite frequently, um, was it, I mean, I assume it was quite refreshing to, to be able to have the time to sit down and and properly go through things as opposed to having to maybe have to do it in between, you know, a week, let's say a week off between tours kind of thing. Was that a, a refreshing change for the songwriting process for you guys as compared to what it may be during a, you know, a, a normal um, calendar year for the band when you can actively go out and tour? I mean, yes and no, and I don't want to make light of all the, the the way the world was on fire and the way people were losing their source of income yeah. and all the uncertainty and unrest, so I'll address that first. That was not cool. No, definitely. But also, it was really cool to have a break from touring and not living out of a bag and getting away. You know, I love everyone at Terra, but we're together so much. Yeah. It was nice to have a break. And it was nice also to write without deadlines or pressure. But at the same time, it sucked to not have uh, the whole band be in the same room. Yeah. Um, there are songs on the record that Jordan wrote the whole thing. Uh, Chris has riffs on the record, and they had lots of input. But uh, it also kind of sucked to not have them right there. So it was great in a lot of ways, but it also sucked in some ways. No, I understand, understand that. Um, with regard to obviously the record, you've got um, some guest appearances on it. Um, the, the Obviously, the name that really um, stood out with regard to the first single that you released was George Fisher. Um, and you've got, a, you've got a history of working alongside um, artists outside of the, of the hardcore world on your records. The, the main one that comes to mind for me is Vinnie Paz from Jedi Mind Tricks, who's uh, been on a couple of different releases. Do you find it refreshing having a voice that is not necessarily um, associated with hardcore being on your records as opposed to having people who, I mean, because you obviously you've worked with um, other members of the hardcore community, but having people outside of that be a part of something, is that something that you, um, that you find refreshing and that you want to keep doing as you um, keep expanding the, um, the Terra Back catalogue? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had, like, Jamie Jamie from Haybreed and Freddie from Madball and Aaron from from Death Thread and Eddie from, from Leeway and, and people from younger bands, um, you know, more current younger bands you've got the, the you've got members of Year of the Knife on this record as well, if I'm correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's always important to us, to, you know, to keep it in the hardcore scene. That's always important, but... So what you're saying, yes, it was great to work with Vinnie Paz and do something outside the box. And again, to do something with Corpse Grinder is super, super cool and refreshing, like you asked. And those things are like, uh, you know, I don't want to say dreams come true because that's a little too like uh, epic. But, you know, things you, you never really think would happen and then they come together so organically and it's it's super cool. But you know, I don't. I don't think we'd ever, you know, go so far outside of our lane. Like Vinny and George are both people that love hardcore, and you you can talk about Warzone, Youth of Today, and Madball with them. 
they're very versed in hardcore and respect it and love it. But, you know, they just took their musical things in a different route that we completely respect. So if it's someone we respect and can vibe with, hell yeah, let's let's get, you know, let's get as weird as possible. I mean, I, I assume that goes the same with touring as well, because you, um, I can't remember if it was earlier this year or the back end of last year, you had a tour with Dying Fetus and Vitriol. And and I saw you in twenty in two thousand seven with Necro and Ill Bill in London. So you've obviously quite Damn, you saw that. I was I was at that show, yeah. Um I was at that one. Man. Um I wish we could I've I've uh I've really pressed Vin Paz to uh do a terror. You know, I'm gonna text him right now while we're <laughs> talking. But but um yeah, it is the same, and, and you know, we we did that show with Necro and Ill Bill, and that was so cool, and I wish we could do more of that, but yeah, you're, you're right, you know, we, we have sort of Cannibal Corpse, we just did that thing with um, Dying Fetus, um, you know, and sometimes we stepped too far outside the box and did some tours with some bands that we didn't necessarily love or vibe with just to see what it was like yeah. to play with the crowd. And, you know, I don't, I don't say we regret it, but sometimes you just kind of learn from what you do and do things a little bit differently. But yeah, it, it is similar. We like playing to different crowds and we like stepping outside of our comfort zone and getting different uh, people to work with and, and touring with different elements. But you do want to be with people that you uh, vibe with and respect, for sure. I know, speaking of that Necro show, is that I've got a friend who was at that show as well and had never heard of Terror and is an absolute massive fan based on that show. He was, you know, he was, a, hip- he was a hip-hop head. He was not massively into um, to hardcore, or hardcore, but he went to that show and from doing that, he, fe- you know, he discovered new music so it's definitely got that um, it's definitely got ways of working um but like you say it's you've got to take that risk um to to do that and um is that something that's going to continue de- i assume that's going to continue down the road and there's going to be more things that you look at doing which are within that are sl- that are outside the box to be able to keep um, keep pushing the band's um, band's name forward I hope so. It, you know, it depends on what opportunities come our way, but we're always open-minded to cool shit. Cool, cool. Um, with regard to, obviously, the touring history of the band, um, do you have particular countries or, or areas within the US and, well, North America, for example, or countries in Europe or f- further afield that you would normally say, if we're going to be touring that region, that country somewhere that we need to go because they're always going to give us a... Um, they're always going to give us the reaction that we want. Hmm. I mean, we're, we're uh, you know, we're lucky enough to be able to go anywhere in the world and, and usually get a pretty decent reaction where people uh, get wild to the to the music and know the lyrics. Um, you know, we're not the biggest band, but I think we've built a fan base pretty much all over the world. Europe. Mainland Europe and Germany are really like the, the hot spots that are always extra strong for us. Um, you know, the U.S. is always going to be really important to us, and there's super there's certain cities like Chicago and San Antonio, Texas, 
those are like the and, and we just did a weekend in LA that was incredible. So there's those spots, but you don't want to get too comfortable and just uh, lean into those places. You got to appreciate the smaller cities and the places that don't have like such a built-in history of a hardcore scene. You want to give them the love too and make sure you keep them important as well. Cool. Um, is there a particular one thing I've always wondered is that if the if as if anyone if someone was to say to you, you know, they've got no fun. There's there's money's not an issue to them. We're not thing thing. If there was a terror show at a particular venue they had to see at some point in their life, is there a venue that you could honestly go out there and say, yes, there? That venue is always going to be absolutely chaotic. That is where you. That is the ultimate terror live experience. Is there any? Is there any way you could pinpoint that would give you that that you'd be able to answer like that? Yes, it's a place called Woody's in Schleicht, Germany. And we, we've played there twice, and it's been insane. And we're actually playing there in, like, I don't know, two months or something. And it's the they're shutting down, so it's the last show there. So I, I expect it to be extra crazy. Extra special to, to kind of, like, to, to, to finish off that venue kind of thing. Yeah, go out with a bang. Awesome. Um, obviously, you've mentioned uh, you, you're back in Europe in... Um, in a couple of months, because you're playing Outbreak Fest in the in the UK, then you're off to the to the mainland to do some dates. Um, with regard to the UK, because that's where I am, um, Outbreak's the only the only UK show. Is there any? Pl- and you did the tour earlier this year with Knock Loose. Um, are there any plans for further shows in the UK this year, or is that going to be more um, 2023? I don't know. We have a tour with Lionheart. I don't know if it comes to the UK. That's in like November. Okay. Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I could look if you want me to. Let me see. Let me see real quick. Yeah, I mean, we just did the thing with Knock Loose. That was, you know, really cool. That was like our first time going overseas in, in like two years. So that was pretty special. Um, let me see. Come to the UK. Nah, if, if I, my best guess would be that it's just a just outbreak. Outbreak, but you know, you know, the under Underworld's another venue. I could have said that's that's pretty always a sure shot for a crazy show. Can, can confirm that. We actually that. filmed a DVD <laughs> there once, so that was cool. But um, you know, we'll be back. I don't know when, but. We're always in the UK, so we'll be back. Cool. Um, a couple, a couple of final questions for you, if it's okay. Um, with, res- with regards to you personally, because you've been involved in hardcore for you know for a long time, um, going back to obviously Buried Alive and Despair prior to that. As you continue to release records, do you get do you get a higher sense of accomplishment based on the fact that you you know that you can continue to do it for this for this pit for this long period of time? Hmm. I've never thought about since, since my answer is I never thought about <laughs> that I guess not because I, I don't really put much thought into that I mean it's still cool it's still important it's still great to see the layout it's still really cool when you get the vinyl in your hands and look through it for the first time 
but I don't really look at it as accomplishments, I guess. I just just uh, try my best to write lyrics that people can connect with, try to keep the band true to, like, who we are and not, not pull some, like, corny shit and, and stuff like that. Um, no, I don't, I, I don't look at it as accomplishments, whether that's, uh, whether that's, uh, for better or for worse, I just don't think like that. That's fair, that's fair. Um, you bought the lyrics, um, is there any particular songs on, on the new record, lyric-wise, that, that are they, that are your personal highlights that you've, that you've written for this record? Yeah, I, uh, I think the record, the, the, the lyrics on the record are really good and, and pretty powerful with the times we're living in. There was kind of a lot to say, but I would point everyone towards the end of the record, the the song On the Verge of Violence. Yep. And then I think, I think if I'm getting the track listing next, it's uh, uh, the, the last song, Prepare for the Worst. Yeah. Those two songs in particular, lyrically, are really kind of important to me and I think really sum up the record and really sum up where my brain was at in the last two years during all this nightmare life we've been living thank you um one final question Scott and then I'll I will let you go um is that is there an adequate number of stage dives for you when you're playing live or is it never enough (laughs) I'll, I'll always try to go for more and as long as no one's getting hurt and the venue's not uh shit isn't getting broke to where the venue's freaking out stage diving can be beautiful brilliant scott appreciate that thank you very much thank you for calling thanks for having us and no thanks for pre- pushing the new record Thanks for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with future episodes by subscribing to our channels. For more information on this podcast, or for all the latest music news, reviews, interviews and more, head over to our website, www.theraziseedge.rocks.